Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by oil executives who remind you that they feel your pain. You know how much gas a yacht takes? Episode 242, React Native 0.69. So, Robin, did you watch the NBA draft last night? Well, I am filling in for Jamin today, so I think I'm supposed to say yes. Yeah, you're supposed to do your, like, Jamin research. My Jamin homework? No, I didn't watch the NBA draft. I don't follow basketball as closely or at all. Mm. <laughs> I remember one episode you said you were cheering the blue team? Uh, yeah, blue team. Yeah. Coolest uniforms. Well, the blue team, also known as Duke University, <laughs> they had... A good night at the draft. The number one pick was out of Duke, a freshman. I was going to say, Duke is not NBA, but you're talking about recruited from Duke. Got it. Yes. Yeah, I think he's going to the Magic. Another blue team. <laughs> I'm sure that's why they drafted him. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, Chet Holmgren. Holmgren, like as in Jamin Holmgren? Yeah, but I don't think there's a relationship there. Uh, I've kind of asked, I've asked Jamin before and I think he said no, he doesn't know him. But we could say he knows him. I, I don't think anyone's going to check out. <laughs> so Jamin's cousin, maybe, <laughs> is in the NBA. I think Duke was probably the better, the team that got the most kids drafted this time. So Well, good for Duke. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure um, some of our listeners care about basketball. And I'm sure others care about React Native, which is why they're here. Mm -hmm. So we'll uh, we'll start our episode for the day. Uh, of course, uh, I am Robin, your friendly host for the day. Jamin is out of town, uh, so he couldn't be here with us. But I will fill his shoes, uh, his very, very large shoes, in more than <laughs> more ways than one. Uh, I am a senior software engineer here at Infinite Red. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon with my husband and my two little kids. And I've been specializing in React Native for the past five years six years. I'm also joined by my formidable co-host, Mazen, uh, who lives in Durham, North Carolina with his wife and little boy. He's a former pro soccer player and coach and is also a senior React Native engineer here at Infinite Red. Uh, I should say that this episode is sponsored by Infinite Red, as usual. Infinite Red is a premier React Native design and development agency located fully remote in the U.S. and Canada. If you're looking for React Native expertise for your next React Native project, hit us up. You can learn more on our website, infinite.red slash React Native. And of course, don't forget to mention that you heard about us through the React Native radio podcast. So let's get into our very exciting topic for today. Drumroll, please. Drumroll announcing or i guess inspecting react native 69 very exciting release that just that that just dropped yeah this is a big one um let's just get right into it cuz it's uh there's a lot of exciting stuff that we want that we want to cover uh first of all react 18 is finally here finally finally yeah. uh if you remember we did an episode a while back rnr 233 uh, with Gantt Laborde 
on React 18 and the future of React Native, where we talked about all the the, the goodies that come with React 18 uh, and what concurrency is able to bring to the table, but with the caveat that it wasn't included in React Native just yet. Now we can say that it is. It's finally arrived. Finally arrived. So if you are running with the new architecture, if you've enabled it, it's still behind a flag. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to turn it on. But uh, if you're running with the new architecture, uh, if you upgrade to React Native 69, you'll now have the features of concurrency. What are some of those uh, new features that you'll that users will see, Mozin? We highlighted a lot of them in, in that episode, but two that I think we highlighted the most was the the use transition hook, where now, you know, to leverage all the concurrency as you're transitioning to a page, you can trigger a function either prior or after. So most likely after you transition. And then the use ID hook, that was one that I was kind of excited about because in the past you'd have to install your package uh, UUID, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And then it's like UUID V4, V5, V6 or whatever to get your unique ID. Well, now there's the use ID hook, which will kind of give you that ID. So what about that hook like requires concurrency? Why is that a concurrency feature? The use ID hook? Yeah. That was just more of a, in addition to, uh, like a nice, a nice addition to React 18. Gotcha. Yeah. The main concurrency one was the use transition hook to leverage that. And then um, another big one also is, you know, if you, the whole leveraging of concurrency, if you were to set multiple states at once, you would only have one re-render. So if in like in a use effect or set or something or on a click, you set a boolean from true to false or whatever, and then you set another loading, say you're loading boolean to false, you would only have one re-render there. Awesome. There's obviously ways around it if it's a certain UX you want, but yeah. So we're expecting to see some performance improvements with the addition of concurrency. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited for that and to play around with those features and and see what what difference they make. So in addition to React 18, that's probably the most notable highlight. Uh, but also, they're now including Hermes bundled in with React Native. So previously, it was yeah. Hermes was a separate package, and there was a lot of confusion about, well, which, which version of Hermes is compatible which, with which version of React Native. And now they're shipping Hermes with React Native bundled together, so there won't be any more confusion. Have you used Hermes on a project, or was it just automatically like enabled at first and that was it? I don't think I've ever had one where I specifically said, decided to go enable Hermes. Mm-hmm. It's all been on by default recently, yeah. or it w- wasn't released yet, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because we only start new projects once every like six months to a year. Yeah. This is just a cool feature where it's bundled in. You don't have to worry about installing a different package right. and turning it on, whatever. It's already there. Right. It's it's basically going to become just another part of React Native that you don't really have to think about, which is great. Yeah. The next part, the, the blog post, which we'll also link in the show notes, highlights is just the fact that this is also a another big step in the direction of the new architecture. So... A lot of stuff we're going to talk about are new architecture specific. So you'll hear buzzwords like React Native Synergy, <laughs> Turbo Modules, and all of those. As part of that, the blog post pretty much you know links to a way for you to migrate your app or your library to the new architecture. So 
take a look at that if you want to leverage these new features and the new architecture. Yeah, I think more and more with each new release, a lot of the changes that you're going to be hearing about will only apply if you have the new architecture turned on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they're really focusing on innovating and like iterating on the version of React Native that is the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you haven't yet, even if you can't do it in maybe your your main project at work, try and start up a side project and enable the new architecture, play around with it, get to know it, make sure you can get it to work uh, because it's really going to be the focus of React Native going forward. I agree. And if you do me- like mess around with it on the side, it-, it might just be a good validating point to then prove to why you should get your current production apps moved over to new architecture mm-hmm. because of all these performance improvements um, and all the underlying fixes that are there. Definitely. So let's talk about some of the other highlights uh, in this release. Uh, they In the blog post, they, they wanted to call out a few specific things. Uh, one is they're deprecating support for iOS and tvOS SDK 11.0. So I think what we're on what, iOS 6... 15, 16 now? 15 point something, and then 16. And then 16, just, they just announced 16, yeah. Which is very cool. Which is, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, with the, for the configurable lock screen, I'm uh, all about it. A lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, a lot I'm of fun is so going to be fun. had there. Uh, so yeah, 11.0 is deprecated now, uh, and now 12.4 plus is the required version. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also added better support for M1 users developing for android all you fancy m1 people out there i know those of us with intel are just like not part of the cool kids club anymore i'm pretty sure like (laughs) i'm pretty sure jamin judges me pretty hard for not having an m1 yet yeah i talked to him about it recently and he was like yes you should get an m1 (laughs) okay i'm surprised he hasn't made it required for all infinite red employees (laughs) at this point right so yeah more and more improvements for m1 users all the time uh, there's also a new Xcode.env configuration file for more, quote, more deterministically sourcing the node executable. I don't know what that means. I got to be honest. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I do, looking at the the change log, and this is specific for iOS, obviously, because of Xcode. The, the comment is, this PR removes the find node sh script and replaces with an .xcode.env file that is sourced by the scripts phase that that needs it. The xcode.env file is versioned and customized to your local environment, like you do .xcode.local.env can be used. So I believe now, instead of, and I could be shooting in the dark here, but kind of just looking at this, in the past, you know, React Native kind of required, did it require? Node 16. Mm -hmm. There was this whole thing about Node 16. I think you can now, using this, pick a specific version, and then have it trigger that on build time. Ah, okay. So you- We're probably going to have to look a little bit more into that, whether, you know, if someone's using Node 18, which is the latest one out there, does that break a lot of stuff along the way? I have a feeling this is one of those things where if you if you are one of the people that needs this, you already mm-hmm. know that you need this. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what it means, then you probably don't need it. <laughs> Yeah, we could be on React Native version, I don't know, 0. 0.80 and never use this because it's just something you never really need to adjust. It's, yeah, it may be a niche, a niche requirement. Mm-hmm. The, the next thing here is React Native now uses the latest status bar API for Android 11. Uh, that's 
cool just kind of bringing it up to up to speed. Uh, and they've also added support for C plus plus seventeen. I don't know what they were on before. Uh, Fort looks like fourteen is what they were on before. Okay, and C plus plus came in with the new architecture, so that that's a new thing. Uh, another thing here is iOS hotkeys enabled property is added to the RCT dev menu, which allows enabling disabling hotkeys that trigger developer menu pop-up. That sounds like a really cool change. I know there's been uh, a lot of frustration around those mm-hmm. hotkeys. Uh, there's been some changes to the simulator shortcuts. Oh. And I know half the time I start a screen recording when I'm trying <laughs> to reload. And <laughs> so many times I look at my simulator and it's recording. I'm like, oh boy, I stop it. I stop it and like it's an hour of me <laughs> clicking through the app. Yeah, that's happened. So yeah, that seems like a really a cool little thing that you can customize now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those were the highlights that they called out in the blog post. Uh, we also uh, went combed through the change log and pulled out stuff that we thought was noteworthy, interesting, accessible to our listeners. We didn't include it. We're not going to touch on everything. The change log is a mile long. We'll go through some of the points that uh, we thought were cool. So let's just, uh, there's, to start with, there's some breaking changes to be aware of. One, React Native CLI has been bumped to version 8.0, and that comes with it a bunch of visible changes. Mm-hmm. I've been a big fan recently of using NPX instead of globally installing the CLI. Mm-hmm. So I think if you do use MPX, you'll get the you'll, you'll probably yeah yeah, and that's that's usually the better way of getting getting. All but you that. may notice some things uh, aren't there that used to be there, like React Native Link and React Native Unlink are no longer mm-hmm. available since we've had auto linking for like ten versions or something. Long time. I can't remember the last time I used Link and Unlink. <laughs> uh, I was working on an app that was built originally on like react native 43 or something <laughs> it's it's a dinosaur i'm glad you didn't quit <laughs> it's been upgraded since then but some of the packages that Good. it uses have uh decayed that's mm. as open source packages tend to do yeah um so I'll, also there's a there's a whole list in the blog post of things that are different in the cli but i think a lot of these things people probably haven't been using for a long time like install and uninstall commands there were some properties for run android things like that just sort of uh cruft was removed so yeah uh we'll link the blog post of course so take a look at all those cli differences if you see something that you weren't expecting that's probably the reason (laughs) the the next one is support for console.disableyellowbox has been dropped this is a breaking change because if you remember or if you're or if you're using this console dot console dot box has been in the works to be deprecated. Now now it's completely gone in favor of logbox. Okay, which is, you know the the API. I was gonna say like, are they just not letting us disable warnings anymore? No, it's logbox. That's why. Yeah, yeah. The new the new like command instead of console dot box is logbox dot ignore all logs, which is a function. Um, so. Yeah. Again, just in favor of making it a little bit cleaner using the logbox API there. And in the notes, it says that the initial deprecation of this was started over two years ago. So you had time. Yeah. If you've been looking so. at a deprecation warning for two years, the jig is up. <laughs> yes. Let's see. 
the next uh the next one on here there's they remove some more deprecated prop types so if you're still using prop types and you've been getting deprecation warnings you may have to make a change now uh, another deprecation remove listener on the appearance api i didn't actually know about the appearance api until uh, i was reading up on this uh, but there's an appearance api in react native that lets you check things like whether your user has chosen light or dark mode i think that's all it does uh but they deprecated the remove listener method on that api or they removed it it's been deprecated for since 65 i think it's saying to now just do like the the standard remove function yep. on any of your event subscriptions and then um if you're if you are using segmented component ios you will need to move to the segmented control library uh, i i would guess this is just more of lean core initiative or, or a package that potentially wasn't used that much that's now just being moved over into its own package so it, there's a repo out there for this and you can just kind of add it as needed cool so i think that was the list of breaking changes so those are the things that you'll have to change in order for it for your app to continue working with 69 but there is also of course a lot of new features non-breaking changes um, one of the cool new features is uh, support for the DevTools profiler, which is so, in Chrome, the Chrome DevTools. Correct. Uh, the summary on the commit message says, add support for analyzing sample profiler data in DevTools JavaScript profiler tab. Um, so just a little bit of extra tooling around uh, profiling and sampling. There's a bunch of also up next new architecture related changes. We highlighted, looks like four over here, which is automatic type conversion for C++ turbo modules, new bridging API for JSI to C++. And, you know, those are just basically getting us away from the bridge, mm -hmm. right, to the new C++ architecture. Expose scheduler through Fabric UI Manager. So that's, again, another cleaner way of making sure we don't have a flicker on our screen anymore, getting rid of the bridge in that time in between. And then adding event listeners to the scheduler. So that one, you know, similar to what we said, you can set a listener to just kind of see what's happening based on off, off of this API now. Yeah, definitely. There's, there was a lot of changes in this list that are all new architecture or React Native Synergy <laughs> exactly. related. And again, the, the, this stuff you might not notice. Yeah. It's nice to kind of dig through the, the code change and just see what it's doing just to give you like an inside scoop of how react native is working but you might not touch on it but you should feel it with the improvements getting rid of the bridge i, I think that's like one of the big things to, to highlight beta based off that new architecture and as always it's still early and the new architecture is still like in its infancy so there's going to be a lot of stuff like this that's coming up mm -hmm. just to improve it and keep growing it definitely um i will say every time we do episodes like this I, we like we read through the change log which isn't something i was in the habit of doing before starting this podcast and it's been really eye-opening and i 95 percent of what's in there like i don't understand mm -hmm. because a lot of it is like internal workings or really obscure features that i've never had a need to use but just like the process of reading through everything and like getting a visual of everything that goes into each release and like how much is going on behind the scenes is really powerful totally up next is like the changed section. I do like how they, in the change log, they have 
these like breakdowns. So like we did breaking changes, new stuff that's added, and then now we're going over stuff that's been changed, which is pretty cool. Uh, we have two that we want to highlight. We've kind of talked about it already, but a bunch of dependencies have been upgraded to a newer version. So we said React Native CLI is now version 8. Metro has also been updated to 0.70.1. And then the next one is optimized virtual list context when used with nested lists. I think this is pretty cool because I, I, every time I work on a list of sorts, whether it's you know, virtual list, flat list, or any list that leverages virtual list, I always tend to put another list within it. <laughs> so it's always good to kind of have improvements on that and making sure that we're always fixing it because there tends to be a lot of stuff that goes, goes awry there whether it's you know vertical versus horizontal and just performance of the lists. Yeah, the the app that we worked on for the past year mm-hmm. had a lot of nested lists, specifically like horizontal lists within yeah. a, a vertical scrolling page. Um, so it's not as uncommon of a design pattern as you might think. Yeah. So some of the things that were fixed, there's like bug fixes. So it looks like app state, the remove event listener callback was not correctly removing listeners for blur and focus events. And so that's fixed. Uh, the focus method on text input now respects the editable state, which... So it would skip the input if it's not editable, I assume? I think so. When we call focus upon a text input ref, which has prop editable equals false, it marks the text input as focused in state, even though the focus is rejected by text input itself because it's not editable. Right. So it sounds like before this fix, if um, something, if a text input was marked as not editable, the focus call was just ignored. And now mm-hmm. with this fix, when you call focus, it, it records that you have focused the input, even if nothing registers on like visibly okay. because it's not editable. So yeah, that, that's been fixed. Um, virtualized list with initial scroll index was not rendering all elements when data was updated. That was fixed. Um, on Android, the underline color Android, if you set it to transparent, was not working on API 21. There's a fix for that. On, on iOS, scroll views, content inset adjustment behavior is reset to never at every reuse to avoid layout artifacts. That's pretty straightforward there, I think. It's pretty cool. What do they mean by every reuse? I assume every time like data changes or on scroll, because whenever something changes within it. Well, if it's talking about content inset, I feel like whenever the content within it changes, it might have like a jump. So this is specifically a chain uh, a fix for the fabric side. So hmm. the new architecture version. Uh, because Fabric can reuse components, and so this prop has to be reapplied at every reuse, so it resets to never. Okay. Oh, yeah. So related to the new architecture and the rendering optimizations that go along with that. The next one for iOS, if you are doing a local push notification, you can now enable a custom sound. That's cool. That comes with a notification. So, uh, I feel like my phone's always <laughs> on silent. I don't even know what my notifications sound uh, like. Fun story. We have a client in the transportation and logistics industry. And this client once requested that the sound when notifications came in be set to a semi-truck horn. Mm. 
that could be startling if the driver is <laughs> driving and that happens. True story. He sent us an MP3 of a semi truck horn <laughs> to set as the notification. Did you? We did. And then you did. after a, I think literally after three days of testing on their beta builds, he said, "Everyone finds this really annoying. Please take it out." <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story, stick to the regular... Uh, Stick to the regular notification sound. (laughs) Another fix here is pod install dash dash project directory equals iOS failing when Hermes is enabled. This is actually pretty interesting, but recently, I mentioned I've been using MPX. If you do MPX pod dash install, MPX will automatically find the project directory for you. So I wonder... That may be what they're using under the hood. Yes, that package. hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's fixed. That does that, yeah. Um, I'm just going to hop back to a couple of the new additions that I thought were, that were neat. And this is kind of a behind-the-scenes change, but is interesting nonetheless. There's now a feature flags module inside React Native. So that means they can add new features and then keep them behind a feature flag, which I'm very shocked that that wasn't already a thing that they were doing. Mm. Um, I'm sure they are going to need that a lot, especially as the new architecture becomes on by default, which will be yeah. down down the line here a bit. But once that happens, I'm sure they'll they'll need to put stuff behind feature flags a lot more. That's a pretty cool one. I, they I think they should have highlighted that a little bit. Like I mean, I'm guessing like list. users won't need to know or use that. I think I'm guessing it's for React Native developers who who will mm-hmm. mostly care about that, like developers. On the React Native core team, I mean. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting and mostly interesting that it, it's just happening now. Yeah. Also, I saw quite a few changes related to animation of color styles, which are now using the native animation driver. Um, there were a couple changes related to that. So I think that um, that means color styles were not... Are, animating color styles now is more performant because it uses the native driver. So that's neat. I'm a big fan of using reanimated well three now if you have the new architecture instead of the animated library is it is it reanimated three now yeah it was released after we did we had a podcast we had an episode with christoph maggiero and we talked Mm -hmm. about reanimated two with him but he did give us a sneak peek into three which was then released shortly after so reanimated three with the new architecture i think another game changer library yeah uh let's see on Android, there's now an API that enables concurrent root on Android, which is a key uh, feature for using React 18, I believe. Uh, and then on iOS, Action Sheet iOS now has a dismiss Action Sheet method. I am shocked that, that was not already a thing, but I guess it wasn't. Now you can <laughs> um, uh, programmatically dismiss your iOS Action Sheet. I guess before you could only use a, a cancel option. Uh, yeah. But now you can do it pro- programmatically, so that's that's actually a cool feature. Um, to to kind of wrap up, um, I just want to highlight a couple of the. There's some accessibility changes that were included that I just want to call out because I love to see any improvements in the accessibility realm. So in this case specifically, it was there was a couple Android changes. There's now an accessibility announcement for list and grid in Flatlist which if you're looking at a grid or a list in a scroll view, TalkBack will announce 
when you like whether it's a grid or a list and it'll announce when you like change pages or change row or column. So it's more customized to the grid and not just a regular scroll view. And that's pretty good. Just so the user knows when they're clicking, something's changing and they're announced what's changing. Exactly. Um, on Android, links are also now independently focusable. Um, so a link in this case is, I think, a pressable text. Uh, and so now you can independently focus on a particular link. And then on the iOS side, all available components now have the accessibility language prop, which I'm guessing means you can internationalize your uh, like labels and uh, hints, I believe. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that seems really, really important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because not everyone speaks just English. Right. Yeah, for their test, they test this out in Italian, it looks so like. So I'm guessing if you specify a lang the accessibility language that tells the phone or the, the voiceover application to read things, I don't know. I wonder if it will translate it or it'll be That's what I'm not dependent. sure. That's what I'm not sure. Yeah, like if, if it will be dependent on the developer to make sure that they're passing in their labels internationalized still. But that would be interesting because... So I so I guess it's because there's like there's there's things that the voiceover says like meta things like instructions that are usually in English uh, like it'll say double tap to activate or something which is something that that's like voiceover system commands but not necessarily based on your app so if you've specified the accessibility language on like a pressable component or something to be Italian it will say double tap to activate in Italian instead hmm. of in English. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's it just uses the system language. So if your phone is set to Italian, then it does that. But now in app, you can specify what language it should be reading in, which I'm guessing will be useful for apps that let you select the language in the app. Yeah. And then you can universally apply the accessibility language. Uh, and then there's there's um, there's one key security fix that we wanted to point out. Mazen, if you want to explain what that one is. Yeah, now with the uh, URL, all the params that are passed in under like your search params get URI encoded. So for a little bit more security there, in the past it looked like any search params were just added on as a string. And now they're URI encoded, so you can't have any sort of injection or whatnot in, in the URLs. Awesome. Yeah, no, no more like little Johnny drop tables. <laughs> sequel <laughs> drop all all right i think we are out of time um we we hit a lot of things but there's so much more in this release that we didn't touch on so we will of course include a link not only to the blog post announcement but to the official change log make sure to check those out um and then if you'd like to learn and nerd out more about react native be sure to check out jamin's twitch stream he streams twice a week, Mondays and Fridays at rn.live or youtube.infinite.red. You can also join our Slack community at community.infinite.red and make sure to check out the, the Twitter community, which I'm not a part of. Still? Twitter. We're almost at like a thousand, I believe, uh, members. Not, I'm not one of them. But that's, if you are one of the, the lucky few, rntwitter.infinite.red is our Twitter community. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Robin underscore Hines with an E at the end. And Mazen, you're at Mazen Chami. 
React Native Radio is at React Native RDIO. All complaints about the podcast can be emailed to jamin at infinite.red. <laughs> As always, thanks to our producer and editor, Todd Worth, our assistant editor and episode release coordinator, Jed Bartoski, our designer, Justin Husky, and our guest coordinator, Derek Greenberg. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. Check us out at infinite.red slash reactnative. And a special thanks to all of you for listening today. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We will see you next time.